This podcast has been brought to you by Dimples and Diamonds Women's Empowerment Community. Visit www.dimplesindiamonds.org to join the movement. Trying to be the Kofi on the court of the game. I want to hear all the fans scream my name. Yeah, I'm poor. Do it again. Hard in the paint. Coach put me in. Took a lot of L's, a lot of L's in the past. Hey, man, I can't fail. I got to make it all last. Time, time to tick, 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 tick. Getting the money and get it quick, quick, quick. It's falling down and really what it seems. Feel like I am on the run. I got to chase my dreams. You have now popped open the top to the jewelry box. I am Kay the Jeweler. And I am Mrs. ASS. And welcome to 2020, y'all. We have made it. Hey, y'all. We missed y'all. <laughs> yes, yes. We mo- most definitely missed you guys. Um, we haven't done a podcast in quite some time uh, because we've been doing a lot of traveling, um, doing these empowerment events. We did our retreat back in September of last year. And so we just wanted to kind of kick off uh, 2020 with a bit of heat for y'all. Um, we did a poll in our, in our private Facebook group wanting to know how many entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs we had within the group. And um, needless to say, the response was uh, overwhelming. I had absolutely no idea. <laughs> absolutely no idea there were that many entrepreneurs in the group. And um, I knew I had to kind of, you know what they say, give the people what they want. And so I knew we had uh-huh. to come up with something um, to give them to kind of light that fire 2020 um, so that they can get out here and um, pretty much boss up. So here it is. Um, we are kicking off, kicking it off with our very own Boss Up series um, featuring three boss women who are killing it in their respective gift zones. Uh, first up in the series is none other than Ms. Co, Ms. Coriel DuBose, a creator of Work, Pray, Slay, Busy at the Beach, host of uh, Confessions of a Workaholic podcast, uh, The Work Mag, and she recently uh, launched Work University, which is the first university to connect women of color to the resources they need to stop living paycheck to paycheck. Um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Jury Box Podcast, Ms. Coriel. Hey, hey. Hey, ladies. Hey, Coriel. Hey, how are you? Super <laughs> excited to be here. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Did we get everything? What, what have you been Listen, up to? Listen, <laughs> y'all got it. Y'all got it all. Y'all got it all. So, um... As Cassandra said, you've been busy, busy, busy. Tell us a little bit more about this work university. So over the last uh, nine years, really, all of the um, brands that I've worked on building and the businesses that I've started have all been centered around, or the majority of them have been centered around empowerment for women. And so what I've realized through working with different women in different stages of their lives, different seasons, um, the the bottom line that, you know, was the same across the board is that a lot of these women was dealing with the whole paycheck to paycheck struggle. And so if you have no funds, it's really hard for you to motivate yourself. It's really hard for you to empower yourself. And outside, you know, resources can help. But when you go home at night, you got to deal with yourself. And so I figure mm. if I can help you get paid, 
you can empower yourself. And by empowering yourself, by developing the resources um, that I'm, you know, through, through the resources that I'm sharing by helping you develop multiple streams of income and create more income, you will be able to empower yourself and then go out and empower other people. So Work University is my um, opportunity to connect women of color with my resources, with my network of women. Um, and so we are literally offering them trade school trainings where they are able to learn how to turn their skills into new streams of income. Mm. Okay. That, that sounds very interesting. Let me ask you a question. In the beginning of your journey, did um, your naysayers seem to be a little closer than you imagined? <laughs> Family. <clears throat> and what necessarily did you do to kind of overcome the misguided concern that often comes with stepping out and doing something that nobody is familiar with? So, yeah, definitely, um, anytime you are the first to do it first in your family, among your friends, people are going to look at you sideways. People are going to have a bunch of questions. And a lot of times it's not even there being haters. They can't see themselves doing what you're doing for yourself, and so they're going to try to talk you out of it. They're going to try to, you know, put their fears off on you. They're going to try to discourage you because they cannot – imagine how it's going to work. And a lot of times that comes from the people closest to you because they actually care about you. They want you to win. They want you to, you know, be safe. And entrepreneurship is not safe. Um, Uh Starting a business is not safe. We're literally taking risks every day. And so, of course, I had to deal with, you know, people who thought that, you know, what I was doing wasn't going to work or they thought that, you know, I should just go back to the safety of the classroom I mm-hmm. I heard those things, but I didn't necessarily have to deal with it because I did not allow myself time to take away the time um, or the energy from the things that I knew I was supposed to be doing to answer those questions or to address those concerns. I literally put my head down, stayed focused on what I was mm-hmm. supposed to be focused on, um, mm-hmm. and, and that is how I've been able to, you know, accomplish the things that I've been able to is because I don't let other people's doubts. Um, discourage me or let other people's fears force me into doing, you know, the safe route or into doing something that's not really for me. I've been there and done that. Like I, I've done that mm-hmm. before, and that is that's what's led me um, to be able to, you know, do things differently now. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I have a question um, because I know. Um, well, from you know doing my research and finding out your background, um, that you were a former teacher who turned her 32K income into a six-figure brand. Um, In your transition from teaching, what have been some of the hurdles you've experienced in the women's empowerment arena? Um, I would definitely say the biggest hurdle has been um, not necessarily being clear on what people wanted and and instead trying to give people what I thought that they wanted or, or not necessarily being clear on what they needed, but trying to give them what I thought they wanted. I've literally um, developed products, built brands based off of, you know, what I thought that people wanted instead of just asking them, um, you know, taking a poll, doing a survey, finding out from my people what they truly wanted and then developing something for that. And so literally um, with Work University, which, you know, if, if we went down the line, there have been at least, you know, seven, eight businesses um, and probably three successful 
that I started, but work university is not, this is not my first, you know, my first time at the rodeo. I've definitely been there, done that. It's not my first membership. It's not my first subscription base. It's not my first, any of those things, but it is definitely the most successful. And it's literally been in, in 30 days, the success that I've had quadruples anything that I've done um, in the past from way back to the single wow. life club days to the inner circle membership that I did to the work squad that I had last year. I've, I've done this. I've done similar things, but I was busy trying to give people what I thought that they needed instead of really giving them what they wanted. And so work university is giving people a little bit of both because it is definitely, you know, what I know that they need from my years of experience working with different women, but it's also obviously what they feel like they need because at the end of the day, nobody wants to struggle. We're all, you know, hearing about this recession that's coming. We're all worrying about the same thing. And so um, it's definitely a need. And that is one thing that I've learned on my, you know, on this journey is just to give the people what they want and not what you think that they, what you think that they want or what you want to give them. Um, Right. And um, that's something that um, I I stress a lot. Um, One of, um, you know, one of the top advisements that I give anybody that, um, you know, is making a decision to go into uh, business is that you give the people what they want, not what what it is that you like, but you give the people what they want. That's one of my one of my main mottos. And even um, with uh, you making the shift um, to doing um, work university um, that you you pretty much um, I've, I've saw that online that you, you know, you made the announcement and I've got the emails that you also made the announcement that you've retired from women's empowerment, quote, unquote, um, to getting women paid. Um, what, what, you know, what steered you uh, to make that shift? You know, a couple of different things. Definitely um, the number one thing is that I did not get in, I didn't, try to start an empowerment business. When I started the Single Wives Club back in 2012, it was a non, I started as a nonprofit. Like it was literally just a passion project for me that turned into a business. And at the time, that was like the category that I fell into was women empowerment. Um, I definitely didn't see it as being something that I could monetize. It was literally started in my living room with me and my friends just trying to figure this thing out. And it organically turned into this global membership organization. Um, But years later, since 2012, you look up now and there are a million women empowerment organizations. There's a million women empowerment conferences. There's a million um, replicas, Um, not to say, you know, that they're all replicas of what I, what I created, but there are so many different, um, organizations, projects, conferences that start are, are starting to look the same. And from the outside looking in, from a consumer standpoint, there's not enough um, differentiating me from everybody else. Even though when I started it, you know, the, the, the lane wasn't as crowded as it um, grew to be. So number one, I wanted to separate myself from this oversaturated and not oversaturated in the sense that I can't make money, but oversaturated in the sense that so many people are doing it that the definition of it is starting to change. The face of it is starting to change. The, mm-hmm. um, the, the perception of it is starting to change because people are getting into it for the wrong reasons. So I definitely wanted to separate right. myself from that. Um, the other thing that I, that I, I was really kind of just aggravating me that was definitely um, a factor as well 
I know you've seen the post that's like, um, you know, all of the, the shady empowerment posts, the ones that are like, you know, I'm not, everything from I'm not paying, you know, $100 to come to nobody's brunch to the post that's like, mm-hmm. you know, all these empowerment, women empowerment girls are really mean girls in life. And and because right. I, you know, am obviously in the empowerment industry and, I, and, and the world is only but so small, especially with social media, we all see these same posts. So everybody's talking about this. And, of course, I see it, so I'm thinking about it. And when I really thought about it, I don't necessarily agree with, well, number one, I am having $100 brunches that I definitely, you know, obviously find value in. And, again, I didn't get into it right. to make money. And, and and most of the time they weren't profitable, let me just say that also. Um, so right. I can't relate to the whole I'll never pay $100 to go to a brunch because I've paid much more for much less just to be in a room, you know, with certain people. So I can't relate to the the mindset around I'm not ever going to pay a dollar amount to do this one thing. I just feel like, you know, that whole thing, I can't get jiggy with that. But then the other side of it, that's like, I'm not paying, you know, I I don't want to come to this event and then you're really a mean girl. I feel like on the other side of it, from someone who's hosted all of these events, that are conferences, retreats, you know, I've done travel-based events, all of these different types of events. I have experienced, you know, guests who expect to walk away from, from work, pray, play, or busy at the beach, like with my phone number and, and a friendship. And that is not what you are paying for either. So I right. I think that the, the premise and the concept and the perception of what women empowerment has grown into and, like, my own, like, real life. I'm a real-life introvert. Like, I just am top to bottom. I am an introvert. So just my personal preferences, my personality, all of those things, I started to feel like, okay, women empowerment, you know, I don't, I don't want to be labeled as that anymore. And then last but not least, I wanted to get super specific around what am I, if I'm going to empower you, what am I empowering you to do? Because I feel like through working right. this way, I was empowering you to do whatever it is that you wanted to do. And a lot of times it wasn't really anything. People just wanted to hype. You know, they wanted to talk about right. the things that they were doing. Uh-huh. They weren't really doing them. And so Work University is me holding them accountable. It's me um, providing right. them literally with a blueprint for how you can make it happen instead of just getting them hyped up. Um, telling them they can do it, but not really showing them how it can be done. Right. That part. That part. So even in, um, you know, with the conferences that you have put together, um, even with down to uh, the recent launching of this uh, work university that you were just uh, discussing, um, what has it taken you to find the right team for executing your vision? Ooh, it has taken going through a whole lot of the wrong people that couldn't help me execute my vision. I I have been so blessed, though. I, I mean, I have definitely, you know, gone through my fair share of people that didn't work out. But I have been so blessed that not only do I have two people that have been a part of my team since 2013, so they've, like, been down from way back when, but I also have other, um, like, uh, uh, how can I say it, other, like, support staff almost that have, have been down for years and years and years, like my photographer, my videographer, my makeup artist, like all those types of people. Um, but, but in all honesty, my team changes because um, I, I started out 
you know, as an entrepreneur who had trust issues, I still kind of have trust issues. So delegating has never been my strong suit. Most of the things that have to be done are done by me. I literally have a meeting this week um, with someone who's hopefully going to be um, a new, like, executive assistant for me. But team building has not has not been my strong suit. I've literally just been blessed to have two people who have um, understood the vision and stuck around, even though the vision has changed a few times. They have been consistent from the Single Wives Club to, you know, work, pray, play. Now into Work University, they have, you know, evolved with me and grown with me, but they really support me in the annual um, weekend. So in the past, it's been work, pray, well, single wives weekend and work, pray, play weekend. This year, that's turning into um, homecoming weekend for work university. But when it comes to the day-to-day, like the tasks that have to be done, there is not a team for that, that I am the team. So I am not, um, I, I can't say that I'm like the authority when it comes to team building, but I will say that you can't get discouraged if you, you know, if it doesn't work out with one person or two people or a couple people, it definitely is like, it's like dating, you know, it, it takes going through a couple different people to figure out what works for you, what doesn't work for you. A lot of times it's, you know, energy, it's personality, energy, personality, it's like your work ethic is not necessarily what it says on your resume or the skills that you possess. So there's a lot of different things that you even learn about yourself through going through that process. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't have the answers on that one. It always seems to be that, too. And um, from my experience, that's pretty much, you know, have been the, has been the same. And one of the two that's been helping me um, to, you know, with, with the vision um, that God has given me for um, Dimples and Diamonds is my co-host, who is, happens to be on the line now. And I know you're kind of uh, sitting over there in the cut a bit. On the quiet side, you're probably taking it all in, Ash, but I know you got a question, girl. I know you got a question over there. <laughs> yes. Um, Coriel, you mentioned that it, putting that team together is like dating. We know you started out with the Single Wives Club, but, ma'am, I follow you on Instagram. I didn't realize. And I see that your boo has found you. Congratulations, ma'am. Where's where's the um, sound effect? <laughs> where it is? Let me hit it. Listen. Yes. Yes. Because yes. let me tell you. Thank it you. Is, Listen. It is apparent that I he is loving you the right time. way. I w- thank you. I, I waited a long time. We need all of the sound effects, the drum rolls, all of that good stuff. <laughs> yes. He, he, has he is definitely time. doing yes, it. Mm-hmm. That's my yes. right, sis. I am. Um, I'm so happy for you, but Thank I you. need to know: Are we going from the single wild club to the Mary life club? Like, you got something for the you, you transitioning this piece? Are we you graduating? We elevating? We personally, we're definitely graduating and elevating. Professionally, I don't know that I have anything for the people. Um, but okay. you know, so. personally, yes. <laughs> However, I definitely feel like. Um, just to be honest, the, the the real reason that I sold the Single Wives Club um, was really because of the pressure that comes mm. along with having a business that is, you know, revolved around your relationship or lack thereof. There's so much mm. pressure in, you know, running the Single Wives yeah. Club as a single woman. Um, mm-hmm. And so even the fact that, like, 
me and him literally started dating like months before I ended up selling it. It was, it was just crazy how, how that even happened. But I definitely feel like because of the work that I did with the Single Wives Club and because so many of my people, like my real people, have been down with me since the Single Wives Club days, I definitely feel like I owe it to the people a little bit to, to you know, give them something. I don't know what that's going to look mm-hmm. like. Is it going to be my next book? you know, or, or what, but I definitely feel like the things that I was saying in my single wild club days that people thought I was crazy about, I really did those things and it actually worked for me. So I feel like, you know, maybe people might listen a little bit now, so I just got to figure out how I'm going to, you know, present that. But I definitely feel like black women specifically, I'm not even just going to say mm-hmm. that, black mm-hmm. women deserve love like real mm-hmm. true love and and it is out there but we just have to get ready for it and so I still wholeheartedly believe all of that same stuff I was preaching you know when I had the single wives club um be, because it's it's real it's all about preparing yourself for what you want not waiting for it to get here and then trying to get your shit together like excuse me I'm sorry but really preparing yourself for the life that you want to live now uh-huh. because you're only going to attract what you are and so you got to become uh-huh. that so you can get that and so yes he he definitely came through he took forever y'all he took forever but he came through and he was worth it well I'm just so glad I'm, I'm so happy for you because yes sis I understand I feel you on that baby dragging their feet time but guess what our time ain't his time, but his time is perfect. Hello. So. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Now, I also see that Busy at the Beach has transitioned from girls' getaways to couples' getaways. Is that kind of where you see this married life club-ish situation <laughs> transforming into? I mean, get talk to us now. I you, I told you I'd be seeing you. You're going to make people yeah, want to like, go. Man, this is like on record. You know, I I I don't like even um I don't know. I'm going to say that because I don't okay. even want I'm open. I'll say that. I'm mm-hmm. open okay. to whatever that looks like. Um I will say that I went on. It wasn't, you know, like a business thing, but um me and just some of my my friends, my boyfriend's friends went on a vacation um to Greece in October during my uh, birthday week. And the conversations that we were able to have on this trip, just about life, wealth building, business, relationships, like goals, all of those things that I feel like women are naturally, like we're naturally going to talk about those things. We have so many groups and Facebook groups and meetups and all Mm -hmm. kinds of things, group chats that we're having conversations. Mm -hmm. And men are probably doing those same things amongst themselves too, but we don't ever have an opportunity to do it together. So whatever it is, you know, that's next for me, I definitely see it being something that's rooted, of course, in education because that's just what I do, but conversation also because I definitely feel like that is what is missing, like the conversation um, piece of of us just communicating and understanding one another is is what I feel like is um, missing. And if we can figure that out, then, you know, if we can figure that out for long enough to just, like, come together we can really change mm-hmm. some stuff, but we don't get each yeah. other. Like we just don't understand each other because, right. you know, men are from Mars and women are from Venus. That is really real. Mm. So whatever is next for me is definitely going to be, you know, revolving around 
how can we have these conversations that can move us forward togetherness? I love it. Um, yes, we do speak different languages, but what I've realized is when the translator comes, we be trying to say the same thing, you know. Yes. yes. And, yeah. and you did ask about Busy at the Beach, too. So Busy at the Beach, um, even though I'm, I don't have the vacation answer yet, Busy at the Beach um, still provides travel planning services. We definitely um, are, are um, training travel agents, so we definitely still have resources that are, you know, available for those who love to travel or for those who want to turn, you know, that love for travel into a lifestyle. There's definitely still um, the Busy at the Beach brand out there for that. We just aren't um, hosting our own girls trips anymore. Okay. Okay. Yes, and thank you, Coriel and Busy at the Beach, for curating our uh, Cancun experience. So, yes, ladies, get at her if you need servicing for your travel as well. So, let me ask you this. Um, having been uh, featured in press such as Forbes, Essence Magazine, The Huffington Post, the Tom Jordan Morning Show, Rolling Out Magazine, NBC, and VH1. Can you speak of the importance of having a PR representative, or is it a necessity? Absolutely not a necessity at all. You heard it here first. You do not have to hire a publicist. You do not have to pay a retainer. Every single one of those um, media outlets that you named, with the exception of NBC, literally, with the exception of NBC, all of those, none of those were things that I pitched myself for. None of them were things that a publicist, you know, um, reached out to someone or got me, you know, those opportunities. Every single one of those, with, a, with the exception of NBC, was someone sliding in my email, someone who I was already connected to, someone who recommended me or referred me, someone who did an email introduction. Every single one of those things happened organically. I have never to this day pitched myself you know, wrote a pitch for an outlet um, or anything like that, but I have hired and wasted, I'm not even going to say invested because I feel like it's been a waste, wasted money with publicists, paying retainers for things that literally just come naturally. So what I would suggest instead of um, spending your money or investing your time, you know, with retainers and publicists, is really spend your time putting in the work because people will find you. Writers, mm-hmm. um, editors are always looking for a good story. They're always looking for somebody to interview. They're always looking for content. So you just got to be busy doing something worth writing about, something worth talking about. That is my biggest advice is to do something worthy of people finding you instead of trying to pay somebody to go out there and find people. Because nine times out of ten, even to this day, with me having the podcast and having the magazine, people, publishers send me stuff all the time. But I don't ever want, like, you know, not to sound like that, but I don't ever want those people. Those are not the people who who my audience wants to Mm -hmm. hear from. Like, they want to hear from the people not that I necessarily have to convince these people to be on the podcast, but they don't want to hear from um, those people whose publicists are sending out 25 pitches a day because nine times out of mm-hmm. ten, those are not the people who are out doing the work. Those are the people who are busy trying to get the publicity instead of being busy doing the work. So my advice is to get busy doing the work and do not waste the money that could be invested in doing the work. Don't waste that money paying the publicist because um, they just, 
I mean, nothing is guaranteed, you know, with, with any type of PR, with any type of marketing or advertising or anything like that. But I have just seen a much greater return on my investment when it was invested, you know, in marketing or advertising versus a publicist. Gotcha. So y'all hear that? Do what you do, be good at what you do, and somebody will notice you. As a little girl, did you imagine that you'd be your own boss with your very own empire? Absolutely not. I imagined that I would be a teacher. <laughs> I didn't see past that. Um, so, no, I, could, I can't say that I saw myself doing anything like what I'm doing now. Well, it looks like we've enjoyed our time here. I've got one last question for you, Corey Um, Do you have any advice to our listeners who may or may not know how to embrace the spirit of entrepreneurship, although they feel the tingle or the desire burning within? My biggest advice would be to try something. Um, the, The business that I started is not the business that I have now, but Every single, I think I said I, I've started, you know, at least seven different businesses, and they all taught me something different. They taught me what I didn't like, what I don't really want to do, because a lot of times we think we want to do stuff until we start doing it, and it's like, wait a minute, this is not what I thought it was going to be. The the upkeep or the management or, you know, the investment mm-hmm. or time or energy or resources is just not what we expected. So I would say just try things that you enjoy and see you know, um, how you can turn that into, you know, a service or a product or a side hustle. Entrepreneurship is not for everyone, but I definitely believe that multiple streams of income is. And so regardless of what you're passionate about or what skills you have, you can definitely start, you know, a new stream using what you already have, but you just got to get out there and try different things so that you can, you know, eventually discover what it is that you were called to do. Thank you so much again, Coriel, for joining us on the first episode of the Boss Up series. Um, it has been an awesome, awesome, and amazing um, talking to you. I mean, um, like Ash said, I, I, you know, we both follow you on uh, social media, and you are definitely an inspiration um, to those who are out here in the uh, women's empowerment arena. Um, you are definitely doing your thing, and I want to commend you personally um, to let you know that to keep your light shining bright. Um, for those Thank who you. are uh, listening, you're welcome. For those who are listening, um, tell the people where they can find you and how they connect, can connect with you. Absolutely. So I'm at Coriel on all social networks and Coriel.com. And then you can find us on Instagram at um, the work university and work university.com. And that's work with an E. All right, y'all. Well, that's it for today. Um, stay tuned to, um, for next week's episode of uh, the Boss Up series where we'll be featuring another uh, shining star um, in, the, um, in the entrepreneurship game. And um, do what you guys do best, and uh, that's what Ash. Keep shining on them. Keep shining, ladies. See ya. It's falling down, they really want to see.